Cafe Newscast. Your host, Mark Fogarty. Coming up, Supercars Calendar Questions Answered. New TV deal for national racing. Moff and Bucks on their dramatic Bathurst title wins. It's all straight ahead on the Speed Cafe Newscast. Hi there, race fans. I'm Mark Fogarty, and here's what's happening. Well, it took a while, but finally, next year's full supercars calendar has been confirmed. No surprises, but still, a lot of questions. And to answer them, Supercars Supremo Shane Howard spoke exclusively with Speed Cafe Newscast. As Howard explains, the main hold-up was the aborted Newcastle 500 as he outlines plans for an expanded Repco Supercars Championship in 2025 and beyond. Uh, yes, it did, mate. Um, <laughs> as you know, I was hoping to have the calendar prior to, to Bathurst, and um, unfortunately I wasn't able to deliver that. So there's a number of factors in, in, uh, in putting the calendar together, and as we've said, it's kind of like playing three-dimensional chess at times. Um, yeah, with um, yeah, obviously with the issue that we had with uh, Newcastle, and we were doing everything possible um, on, from our side to keep Newcastle uh, in the in the uh, in the calendar, as we truly value that event. And so there was a lot going on. Um, between all parties to try and facilitate that. And we gave it every chance we could to bring it together. But unfortunately, that took more time than, um, than, than what we expected. So in the end, are you, well, you're obviously happy enough, but is 12 events enough? There, there, there was a lot of people calling for more than 12 events. So with, with with the return well, of New Zealand, obviously that's a plus. But generally, are we happy with twelve? Uh, we are for twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'd like to to grow the calendar, and but we're we're, we're happy with uh, the the twelve for twenty twenty four. Understanding too that it's uh, and it's an Olympic year, um, so we lose a fair bit of time from the Olympics. Um, so to you know accommodate. Yeah, a wider number of uh, events um, with that is, is is somewhat difficult. So um, yeah, no, we're, we're we're comfortable with twenty twenty four, and we're looking forward to getting on to the twenty five calendar a lot earlier, and um, and trying to pin that down so uh, everybody's got clarity as early as we can um, in twenty twenty five, twenty late twenty twenty four for twenty twenty five. And looking at more events in 2025, are you? Yeah, we're, we're open, as you know, to, to looking at more events. Um, obviously, the events, as we've said previously, um, they need to stack up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that need to stack up um, to make an event successful, and that's that's getting them, depends on where their location is, getting them in the right uh, weather patterns, uh, ensuring that they're financially um you know, uh, sustainable, et cetera. And, um, yeah, but we're open to widening our number of events, but um, we'll just work through those opportunities 
um, that we've got in front of us uh, during the 24 calendar. The Supercars boss also addressed speculation about overseas Formula One events and Sandow's future beyond next year's 60th anniversary enduro. Um, we're, as, as we've said, that uh, um, we're in discussions with a number of opportunities. Those opportunities um, are ongoing and we'll continue to, to run them down. Okay, and next year the Sandown 500, a big celebration, as we've been forecasting for a while for the Sandown 500, the 60th. Mm. Uh, but with the Bend coming on board in 2025 with an enduro event, um, is that bad news for Sandown? Um, look, as you say, um, yeah. Uh, the 60th anniversary at Sandown is a massive milestone. Um, were you there for the first one, uh, folks? Um, yeah, funny man. Not quite. <laughs> Not far behind. Um, I, I was there in 1969 <laughs> as a spectator, yes. There you go. Yeah, no, look, um, we're really looking forward to celebrate that, that milestone at Sandown. And um, it'll be a big moment, as, as, as uh, you're aware. Um, going forward, we've made a commitment to um, South Australia um, and to hold an endurance round um, in South Australia at the Bend um, in 2025. Um, you know, the South Australian government have got right behind motorsport. You know, uh, the Premier, Peter Malinouskis, um, has done an incredible job um, of supporting uh, motorsport, and uh, which we welcome, and uh, we're all looking forward to getting um, to the last round in, in a couple of weeks. So, um, and and Tam, Sam Shaheen has put in an incredible investment, um, private investment, into that facility and grassroots motorsport. So, I think um, we're keen to support that, and uh, we'd like to give them the opportunity of hosting an endurance race. We think the venue is very, uh, very good, uh, very high standard. Um, it's a great piece of infrastructure. It's got a fantastic pit lane, which is good for endurance racing. Um, and, you know, getting that event in a better weather pattern um, is important as well, um, which we've had discussions with, uh, with Sam in regard to that. If Sandown survives, Howard says Supercars remains open-minded about returning to three two-driver Enduros in 2025. I can't uh, advise you on in, in that. You know, we know that, um, you know, we, we've been told a couple of times now that, uh, you know, Sandown, uh, the venue is going to be redeveloped and things. So, you know, we, um, we'll, we'll see where Sandown's at once we um, get into further discussions with them later in the year. Okay, fair enough. And just to ask, um, the Sandown 500, as big of an event as you're planning this year, it's not one of the ones that Seven will be telecasting live. Is there a simple explanation for that? Um, well, the broadcasters make that decision. Uh, mate, and it's and it's what they can accommodate at the end of the day. So um, 
you know, they'll 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 make their decisions where their you know where their six rounds are in regard to um, the seven network. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just wondering if it's mm. I don't know to do with Olympics or, or post Olympics, obviously. But oh, they, uh, there's always or a forty of or something. There's always a, you know, a lot comes into it with, with clashes, with other contractual commitments or, you know, whatever they, you know, they, they need to take into account. But um, at the end of the day, um, we work uh, with them, but they, they make the decision on where they'll place their, their free-to-air rounds. Next year's Sandown 500 again misses out on live seven free-to-air coverage because of clashing network commitments. Supercars return to New Zealand next April will be very expensive. Air freight costs soared during the COVID-19 pandemic and they haven't eased. It cost $1.5 million to fly the field across the Tasman and back for the Pukekohe farewell last year. Such a big bill that teams took a payment cut to help fund the Trans-Tasman tip. Now, that won't happen for the Tobor return, but an air freight exp expert tells us that the bill for supercars will be in the same range. Supercars will need a chartered Boeing 747 freighter and a bit, meaning extra equipment on commercial flights, to get the reduced 24-car field to New Zealand. Supercar's boss Shane Howard says the costly return to New Zealand will be worth it. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the freight um, pretty much uh, doubled um, because of COVID, but we've been working you know, with uh, Gibson Freight. Um, we're looking at trying to streamline our model um, on how we can um, improve those freight costs. But yes, they are significant. Um, and uh, unfortunately, that's that's our only option. You know, but we, you know, I think you know, supercars and all the teams and the, and the fans, and particularly, you know, we've got a massive fan base in New Zealand, as as you know. And you saw the what the last round at Pukekohe uh, was like. I mean, it was something very special. And I think um, I think uh, Topor. Um, will certainly deliver, and um, I can say that the the interest in it is absolutely through the roof on on all aspects. Um, but yeah, we'll try and streamline our our the economies of our freight model, uh, you know, to try and minimise that. But it's it is a big cost, but we think um, that it's it's worth it. We want to be in New Zealand, and we uh, are looking forward to that new venue. More to come after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuels. And with the new Bowsers at Queensland Raceway, it's never been easier to source your racing fuel trackside. Elf Race 102 is imported racing fuel direct from Europe. Offering power and protection, the Elf Race 102 is a popular fuel with racers seeking gains over pump fuel. Improve your lap times with Elf Race 102. www.racefuels.com.au All your fuel at the racetrack. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. Welcome back. 
plenty of great racing at the super cheap auto Bathurst International. Josh Buchan secured the TCR Australia Series title in a dramatic last race scramble, while James Moffat survived a last race drama to claim the Trans Am national crown. But who saw it? Very few spectators were in evidence, and an impressive broadcast on streamer Stan Sport had a small audience. It was a waste of our best track, a bit like staging a Sheffield Shield cricket match at the MCG. Meantime, we're hearing coverage of TCR, Trans Am, and in fact the whole Speed Series next year, will return to free TV. The Stan Sports streaming experiment just hasn't worked, despite comprehensive coverage by an experienced team. Not enough viewers, viewers to justify the cost. Word is, the Stan Sport deal is dead. Motorsport Australia has reclaimed broadcast rights and telecasts will be shown on the Seven Network. Most of the coverage will be on the Seven Plus streaming platform but it'll be all live and free. Selected rounds will also be shown on 7Mate, which is good news for racing fans. We'll be able to watch at home for free. For TCR, it's a return to free-to-air coverage on 7, as the 2-litre turbo series struggles for mainstream coverage. It'll be one of the many changes to the ARG lineup, lineup next year, concentrating on TCR and Trans Am as S5000 dies and other secondary categories do their own deal. Back to the Bathurst International, which is confirmed on next year's TCR World Tour schedule. The Aussies showed they could mix it with the world's best in TCR as they fought out the local title. Josh Buchan beat Hyundai teammate Bailey Sweeney to the crown in a bizarre finish as the overseas stars ran rampant. Buckin spoke with Grant Rowley about his come-from-behind success. Uh, 2023 TCR Australia Series champion. How does that feel? That's actually the first time anyone strung it in a sentence. Um, yeah, man, far out. Uh, just relief, man. Just relief. Lots of hard work many many years um just relief in all honesty so yeah very proud of the team um you know the whole year we, we the car was not as strong as some of the opposition and the boys uh just kept chipping away kept working so hard on the car um throughout the season and every time i'd call the thing another name no, that's all right. We've tuned it up a bit more. We've tuned it up a bit more. And I'm thinking, I don't know what you guys are doing, but it must be uh, must be gobbledygook at this point because I didn't believe a thing of it. And um, the thing just kept getting stronger through the year. We had setbacks through regulations and all sorts of rubbish, um, but it was always reliable. Um, you know, evidently that's probably what's helped us. And, and I knew through the year all I had to do was just squeeze the chamois of points. Uh, and I feel like... I lost the title last year because I pissed some points away in all honesty and I feel like this year the reason I've won it is because I've squeezed every point out of this championship that I possibly could anyway. Um, you know, in the end it was enough um, and if someone could have beaten that, fair play. 
Uh, bittersweet for the team, of course, yeah. because there was always could only be one winner out of the two. One second. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, so, oh, look, devastated for, for that side of the garage. Obviously, it works for me, and obviously, I'm going to take it. But, um, yeah, incredibly hard working on their side. Super fast all year, super fast. Definitely raised my game to, to, match, um, uh, to match their side. And, you know, the dude's young. He's quick. He's smarter this year than what he was last year. It only gets, uh, it'll only get better for him. Um, so let the old bloke have a win for once. <laughs> Uh, interesting, you'd said that it's um, less about what happened today, but everything that happened in the last 20 years while you've been doing all different types of racing to build up to yeah. something as significant as this. Yeah, that's right. Look, it starts with the apprenticeship and karting back in the day. Every bit of savviness that I feel like I have um, was learnt then and every lesson along the way, every relationship I've cherished and it's all accumulated to where I am. Uh, and 2024, what does that look like for Josh Bucken? Hopefully more TCR, run the number one, bit of Tony D spec, um, and then we'll see what else happens. Hopefully I can get a gig um, now that I've got a title. <laughs> Grant also spoke with a crestfallen Sweeney. Bittersweet for the HMO customer racing team, for sure, and for yourself. Yeah, for sure. We had a, a lot against us this weekend. We are coming in with high hopes, and yeah, to just be short, 10 points at the end, yeah, it's pretty... I'm counting the points that we lost all year, so anyway, it is what it is. Uh, tell me, um, the you, you led, you know, the majority of the season, the final two races. Um, the cars have been like super reliable all all year. Um, your feelings when you sort of realised this thing is slipping away? Yeah, last year the car ran faultlessly and didn't have a single DNF all year. So I don't know if it's just getting a bit older now. And I've had two this year, so. We led the championship up until Queensland, had a DNF there, lost the lead, got it back, and then had a DNF here as well. So, yeah, came close in the end, I think 10 points or something. So, yeah, we lost plenty of points throughout the year. Um, you're young, you're fast, plans for 2024 and beyond. What would you like to do? And it comes my way. Obviously, there's TCR again, TCR overseas, Super 2 is also an option if we can get a budget. So, yeah, we're, we're looking at our options for next year. And even though we didn't get the championship, I think a lot of people have turn the head of performance issues so definitely happy with the year still even though we didn't get the number one weekend bathurst also saw james moffat clinch his first national title but not without drama in the final race moffat told speed cafe's gary o'brien what it meant to join his famous father alan as a winner at mount panorama yeah, it means a lot so um just thankful that I've got a great team behind me and yeah really the only miss up we've had all year was in the final race so that's just how motorsport is sometimes but yeah relief to get it done and yeah huge thanks to everybody at GRM um, yeah Gary Barry the whole team just uh, yeah thrilled and the actual problem you know what it was uh, it was losing oil that it shouldn't have been <laughs> Quickly got fixed, got you back out yeah, there. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the guys did a great job. Um, like I touched on in the TV interview, yeah. fortunate to have such a great team behind me and um, identified the issue, came up with a solution, and um, yeah, fortunately we had a reasonable points buffer heading into the race, which just really meant that we had to finish the race and be classified, and that's what we did. But heart was pumping a little bit in. Oh well, in those situations you can't really do anything, so. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is sometimes, but 
fortunately, uh, it still worked out okay. Moffat will continue next year as Cam Waters co-driver in the Sandown 500 and Bathurst 1000. More still to come. Speedcafe.com, your number one source for all the latest motorsport news and features. Breaking news, live event updates, unprecedented global motorsport coverage, performance motoring news and reviews, all in the palm of your hand, anywhere, anytime. Speedcafe.com, first, fast and free. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. A huge weekend of racing at Bathurst, plus MotoGP in Malaysia and preliminaries at the iconic Macau Grand Prix. So here's Jackie with her roundup of all the action over the weekend. Mount Panorama hosted the second Super Cheap Auto Bathurst International, headlined by the TCR World Tour. Australian Tony D'Alberto took pole in his wall racing Honda, but it was the international drivers who secured the race wins. Santiago Urita, Norbert Michelis and Jan Elache won each of the three races. D'Alberto won the round for the Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia. HMO Customer Racing's Josh Bucken won the series by 10 points from teammate Bailey Sweeney. In the National Trans Am Series, James Moffat overcame a mechanical problem to claim the title after winning race one. Tom Heyman was the other winner securing the season finale Trans Am 100 event. The Ford XD Falcon Marcus Zukanovic took the round win in the Touring Car Masters after securing two victories. Ryan Hansford was the final winner, boosting his title chances in the lead up to the final round in Adelaide. Cameron McLeod took a clean sweep in his Kumo V8 Touring Car Series debut. However, it was Jude Barguana who secured the title for Anderson Motorsport. In the Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge Series, Nash Morris swept the weekend, winning all three races at the mountain. But it was New Zealander Marco Giltrap who secured the overall series win for the year after the opening race at Bathurst. Tim Lehe gave his new BMW G82 M4 GT4 the perfect debut, by taking the round win in the monochrome GT4 Australia series. Shane Smullen won the title in his Porsche Cayman 718. In the Mobile One Australian production car series, Ian Sharon and Simon Hodges traded race wins. But it was Ian Sharon who claimed the title as this year's outright champion. At the Malaysian Grand Prix, Italy's Enya Bastianini claimed his first win of the season, continuing Ducati's domination in MotoGP. He was followed by sprint winner Alex Marquez and Francesco Bagnaia. Australia's Jack Miller suffered a frustrating weekend, finishing eighth in the Grand Prix and sixth in the sprint race. In Macau, it was the first weekend of the doubleheader 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Red Bull Jr. Arvid Lindlad was victorious in Formula 4. In the Greater Bay Area GT Cup, Daryl O'Young added another win to his Macau tally. In TCR Asia, Hyundai's Lotsi Ho and Honda's Sean Tong were victorious in the two races. Johan Christofferson secured his sixth World Rallycross Drivers' Championship at the Hong Kong finale, winning the final race of the season. Key rival Kevin Hansen won the first, but was seventh in the finale to allow Christofferson to take the crown. And in other motorsport news, Bryce Fullwood has signed on for another two years with Brad Jones Racing. This is Jackie Shivey for Speed Cafe.
Thanks, Jackie. Well, that's it for now. I'll be back late next Monday with the latest breaking news. In the meantime, go to speedcafe.com for everything that's happening in motorsport. And tune in on Thursday to the Speed Cafe podcast for lively discussion and debate on all the latest news. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. 